Welcome to High Lawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We're so glad you've decided to join us, and now we invite you to grab your Bible, if you're able, as we pray that you will be blessed by the preaching of the truth of God's Word today. Good evening. We are blessed this evening to have with us uh, the daughter of one of our area ministers, um, Sarah McCloy, who's also going to be a West Virginia Baptist missionary, and she'll talk to you a little bit more about how that works, to Japan. So we wanted to bring her here to let her uh, provide us with some information and to try to drum up some support for bringing the gospel to people in Japan. But before we get into that, let's bow our hearts really quickly for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the promise that your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish for that, that for which you have sent it out. So we ask that you would be with Sarah, that you would offer her your shelter of protection, that you would give her a voice uh, that would carry your message, and that you would just give her the, the courage and the encouragement, Lord, that wherever she is on this mission, that she is being faithful to your call, and that as and that her faithfulness through you will bear fruit to the kingdom. So be with us now to open our hearts to her, watch over her as she enters this field. In the matchless name of Christ we pray and all God's people said, Amen. All right, well good evening everybody. So it's nice to be back here at Hylon. I haven't been here since back in 2015, uh, and I came and did a couple trainings with a with a youth team that was going to Bolivia. I spent some time in Bolivia with them, so it's nice to be back all these years later and to share about Japan this time. Uh, so I want to start by sharing a piece of scripture with y'all. And it's uh, Matthew 9, and it says up there 37, but I'm actually going to start in the 38 or the 35th verse. And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So a prayer led me to Japan. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, please send more workers to Japan. And I first heard this prayer in 2018 on a short-term mission trip to Japan. And I was sitting in the back of a van headed to a ministry project in Tokyo, and I heard this alarm go off on a phone. And Gordon Wong, uh, another IM missionary and now a colleague of mine, he turned off uh, that alarm and he said that prayer. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, please send more workers to Japan. And Gordon shared that every morning at 9.37 a.m., he would pray those words. That was part of his prayer for Japan. And he shared that in part, our team from West Virginia arriving was an answer to that faithful prayer of several years. 
And he challenged each of us to pray it too, if God put it on our hearts to say that same prayer. And so when I returned home from Japan, that became one of my prayers too. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, please send more workers to Japan. And now, I'll be honest with you, when I first started praying that, I wasn't necessarily praying that God would send me. <laughs> but I was open to being sent, and I was praying for God to direct my path, because I actually first felt called to be a missionary uh, back when I was young, back when I was in high school. But I'm going to go even a little farther back than that and tell you a little bit about my faith journey first. So I have been a Christian for most of my life. I grew up in a Christian household, so both of my parents are pastors. Uh, and so my mom still uh, pastors a church up in the Parkersburg area, and my uh, dad is an area minister with the convention. And so faith was all around me. I was in church all the time. Uh, my parents you know, read Bible stories to me and answered my questions about, about the faith and were just a wonderful guiding presence to me. And so I was pretty young when I made the decision to become a Christian and to be baptized. Uh, and I can remember even as a little girl uh, feeling this need to share my faith with other people. So uh, sometimes I would go and I would I'd open my Bible up and I would uh, I'd write these little short uh, practice sermons and then I would preach them to my stuffed animals just so that I could be prepared to share to share the gospel with people. I was a weird little kid, <laughs> but, but even even through that, um, you know, my my childhood wasn't perfect. My my faith wasn't perfect. And I had to go through this time uh, in adolescence where I had to figure out how to claim the faith of my community and my family and my church as my own, as something very personal, uh, and to have that desire to follow Jesus at all times and not let that fade into the background when I wanted to fit in with people. And while I was going through that, I had the opportunity to go to Bolivia for the first time. And so I was a freshman in high school, and I went on a mission trip to Bolivia with my family. And so we spent two weeks in Bolivia uh, with IM missionaries Mario and Iris Morales. And Mario and Iris uh, took us around, and we had a wonderful time. And it was the first time that I felt God nudging my heart towards this mission thing. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe God's calling me to this. You know, a seed had been planted, but like I said, I was a freshman in high school, so I wasn't quite sure about that. Uh, but later, I had the opportunity to study in Rwanda, in East Africa. So this is when I was in college, and I was studying community development, and so I had the opportunity to live for a while in Rwanda, and I took classes, and then I also interned at this children's home. And so on my first day at the children's home, I showed up, and I thought that I was going to be working in the school there at the home. And I was going to sort of be like a teacher's aide and, and help out in the classroom. Uh, but when I showed up on my first day, my boss, had, she had some other plans. So she had heard that I was also studying theology, that that was my second major. And so she decided what I was going to do was I was going to lead the nightly devotions for the kids at the children's home, and they also, they had a church that met there on Sundays at the children's home. So she decided that I was going to preach on Sunday mornings in the church. 
So I ended up preaching my first sermon uh, and having it translated into Kenya Rwandan. <laughs> and then the, I also ended up running the dental clinic that was there at the children's home, which I have some wild stories about that, but I'll save that for another time. But so even though I wasn't planning on being a missionary, um, God has a funny way of working things out for his purpose. And so on one evening, uh, my friends and I, we all the time loved to hike to the top of these hills. So Rwanda is known as the land of a thousand hills, and they're just beautiful and everywhere. And so in the evenings, I'd hike to the top of one of those hills and just sit among the beauty of God's creation. And so on one of those evenings, as I sat on top of a hill that looked a lot like that, um, I just cried out to God with all of my confusion about this mission thing. And I heard very clearly his response. You know what I have called you for. And so I accepted the call to be a missionary. And so coming back from Rwanda, I jumped right into preparing for that call uh, that I had finally accepted. And I did a couple of different things. So the first thing is that I went to seminary. So when I finished up my degree, I went to seminary down in North Carolina at Gardner-Webb School of Divinity and ended up studying pastoral care and counseling and also was able to work with uh, university housing and through that also do student ministry. So those are some pictures there of some of the student ministries. So those are a couple pictures of students really shoved into my tiny apartment <laughs> where we would have gatherings and everything. And so it was a wonderful time and a wonderful time of learning how to, to do missions and to be a minister. And uh, through that, then, I had some other opportunities. You know, it's really funny how sometimes things that we say yes to and we're not sure how God could ever ever use that, <laughs> they, come, they come back and end up being uh, so important. And so I want to share just a couple of those. Uh, so one is teaching. And so, because um, part of what I'm going to be doing in Japan is teaching. And I've had a couple opportunities to teach. Uh, this past year, I actually taught music in the public school system. So I taught elementary music, K through five. And it was a wonderful opportunity to be with the kids and to just uh, help them learn how to express themselves and to also just be uh, a loving and Christian presence in their lives of kids who might not have that. And then also I have the opportunity, I still teach with the Bobby Wood School of Christian Studies. So I teach um, missions and pastoral care and discipleship classes. And uh, that's for pastors and lay leaders. And then I also had the opportunity to do some interning with uh, IM and to do some missions work. So I spent some time in Bolivia, which is how I met that team from Hila. Uh, and then also spent some time working with the home office and worked with the short-term mission office. And so I got to see all sort of the ins and outs of what it really means to, to be a missionary. Uh, and then also have had the opportunity to work as a chaplain, as a hospital chaplain. So coming out of seminary, I spent a year at St. Mary's Medical Center as a chaplain resident. And uh, so I had the opportunity to be present with people in times of crisis and grief and really learn how to care for people in times of need. And so God's call on our lives is a journey. And for me, this has been really literal as well as metaphorical. So I first felt called to be a missionary in South America. And I accepted the call in Africa, and I'm following the call to Asia. 
The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, please send more workers to Japan. That faithful daily prayer, it stuck around in my thoughts and prayers long after I returned home from Japan. But it wasn't the only moment. So I remember the joy of meeting with high school and university students, and we would go into their conversational English classes, and we would just chat with them about life. So we were helping them practice their English, and, but we would just chat with them about music, movies, anime, whatever it was that they wanted to talk about. And always the conversation would come around to, well, why have you come all the way to Japan to help us with our English? And we could say, well, because of Jesus. And so we could share the gospel with them through these English conversation groups. And we also had a chance to invite them to a Bible study that the missionaries did there and get them involved in that. And I remember, too, we got to spend some time at a church kindergarten. Lots of churches in Japan have kindergartens as part of their ministry. And we spent a week at a kindergarten helping with the preschoolers and kindergartners. And it was a lovely time. And then whenever the kids would see us out and about, they would bring their parents up to meet us. They would say, these are the Americans who've spent the week at our kindergarten. And the parents would ask, well, why have you come all the way to Japan to volunteer in the kindergarten? And we could say, well, because of Jesus. And again, we could share the gospel with them. And I'm going to share the story of one student in particular named Mireille. So Mireille is a high school, well, at the time was a high school student. She's not anymore, but was a high school student. And I met her in her conversational English class. And she invited me to spend the weekend at her home. And so I said, that would be great. I eagerly accepted that. And so I spent the weekend with her and her parents, the Isakas, and we had a wonderful time. So they took me around Tokyo and showed me the different sites and um, taught me a little bit about Japanese culture and showed me different foods. We had a wonderful time. And when it came time for Sunday morning, the Isakas, they had a plan. So they knew at this point, they knew that I was Christian. But the Isakas aren't Christian, they're Buddhist. And so they knew enough about Christianity to know that Sunday is normally the time that Christians go to church, that that's a, that's a Sunday morning thing for Christians. Um, but what they wanted to do instead of going to church was they wanted to take me to a Buddhist temple and to teach me a little bit about Buddhism. And so I said, okay, we can do that. That'll, that'll work. And so I found myself standing on the steps of the temple as Mr. Isaka explained how to pray to Buddha. And uh, of course I didn't pray to Buddha, but I listened respectfully as he explained. And he put this uh, little coin, this little coin in this little box that was there on the steps of the temple, and then bowed and said a little prayer for what he, he wished Buddha would grant. Uh, so that's essentially how that worked. And so then later we drank this strong, bitter green tea from these little bowls, and we watched the wind blow through the temple's bamboo forest. So you can see up on the screen, that's what a bamboo forest looks like after a thousand or so years. And so then later that evening, as I sat on their apartment couch and played the game Othello with Mire, uh, the they started asking questions about my life and my faith. And so why was I a Christian? What was it like to attend seminary? Why did I want to be a missionary? How did my Bible get so worn around the edges? 
and what were my favorite things to read in that Bible. And as we finished talking about my favorite scriptures, the conversation turned to the topic of music. So Mrs. Isaka is actually a music teacher, and she loves songs from all around the world, but she's particularly fond of Christian hymns, despite being Buddhist. And so she pulled out this Indonesian harp, and she began to play a song. And I instantly recognized the tune, and together we sang, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So I remember these beautiful moments, but I also remember the spiritual darkness there. So Japan is primarily a non-Christian country. Uh, the country is majority Buddhist, uh, and less than 2% of the population is Christian across all denominations. So there's only about 1 to 2 million Christians in a country of around 125 million people. So I'm actually going to move to the next slide real quick. Uh, so something that helped make sense of this number for me, the 1 to 2 million Christians, less than 2%, is, believe it or not, vending machines. <laughs> So, stay with me. So, uh, you can see the vending machines up there. In Japan, they love vending machines. You can find them everywhere with all sorts of different things in them. And sometimes you can find a whole row of them, like they're up there, um, all together. Sometimes out in a the field, there'll just be a vending machine. I don't know why. But they love vending machines. And there are about 5 million vending machines in Japan. So what that means is that you're more than twice as likely to find a vending machine as you are a Christian in the country. So that's why there's such a need for evangelism. So that's primarily what I'll be focused on, is evangelism and education. And I'm going to be focusing on that in the city of Sendai, in northern Japan. Uh, so if you can find the little star, that's where Sendai is at, up on the north of the main island. And it's a city of about a million people, um, which sounds fake to us here in West Virginia, because in West Virginia we have about two million people. Uh, but that's considered rather small for a city in Japan. So Tokyo has about 14 million people uh, in it. And so um, while I'm there, I'm going to be working on education and evangelism at Shokei Gakuin University. So Shokei Gakuin University and then also the local church, Shokei Baptist Church. So they share the name. And I'm going to be doing a couple of different things. So I'm going to be teaching some conversational English classes at the university and getting to know students and spend time with them. And I'm going to do some work with the chaplaincy department there and really focus on evangelism with the student population. So there's this really unique opportunity at Shokei, which is that it is a Christian university. It was founded by Baptist missionaries in the 1800s. And uh, I'm allowed to very freely share about Jesus. They have a chapel there, and the students go to chapel and things like that. But most of the students who attend Shoke aren't Christian. And in fact, some of them really don't know a lot about Christianity. And so it's a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel very freely with the student population that really needs to hear about Jesus. And so the second piece of what I'll be doing is at Shoke Baptist Church,
and I'm going to be serving as, as an assistant pastor there, and I'm going to be supporting their different evangelism ministries, uh, particularly their evangelistic outreach with children. So I'd like to end by sharing a quote with you. Uh, and this quote has been a part of my prayers uh, for a while as well. And it's by the author and theologian Frederick Buechner. And Buechner says, The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And I just love that image. And I think the opportunity to serve in Japan, it's just that for me. It's the place where my deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Um, so if you are interested in supporting the ministry and in partnering with me, there are a couple of ways that you can do that that I'm going to share real quick, and then I think we'll have time for questions. So the first is the most important. It's to pray. And uh, I actually have some prayer cards. If you would like to pick up one of those before you go, and I'll, I'll leave some too for the people who are listening uh, online. And this is a little reminder that you can put in your Bible or on your fridge, um, just as a reminder to pray. Uh, also, I have a newsletter that gets emailed out, uh, and you can sign up for that at internationalministries.org. And then also I post on social media at Sarah and Sendai, and that way you can stay up to date on what's going on with the ministry in that way. And then the last bit is financial support. So I have to raise 100% of my financial support before I can move to Japan. And right now I'm at 75%. So... I only have 25% left to go, so very close. Um, and so when I get that last 25%, then I can move to Japan. Um, so those are some different ways that you can support. And now, if anybody has questions, we have enough time, I think, right, that we can do some questions if anybody has anything. It's best to make it out to international ministries. Mm -hmm. But if it's made out to me, I can still send it in to international ministries. But I don't personally uh, cash any of the checks. <laughs> Is there a program, I guess? <coughs> we have in the past Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the monthly piece is actually very helpful because that, that actually helps me get to Japan much sooner and stay in Japan. And it can be done the same way? It can be done the same way uh, online or um, through using the prayer card. There's info on the back on the prayer card how to do that. Now I think we sit into Oh, yes, that's, that is a way too. Yeah, if you I know all that because I'm a treasurer, but I mean, okay. uh, their name is actually, I think, uh, well, there's a way to, where you put it goes directly to them. Oh, um, yeah, so it can go directly through international ministries or um, ch churches can give through through the West Virginia Baptist Convention in that same way that you, that you just mentioned, um, and it can go through that way too, yeah.
and Todd and Kayla in the office will take care of it. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, so the way it works with IM is that I'm, you make five-year commitments. So I've made a five-year commitment to serve with international ministries. So four years in Japan and then one year back in the States, visiting with churches and sharing about the past four years of ministry. Just as a sidebar, I've uh, here I've been involved It is, it is a unique place for sure, and also a beautiful place. I've been there personally twice. My son's in the military. He's been down south. Okay. In Okinawa. Yes. Oh, oh Okinawa is lovely. He's just been back a month now. He was there for two years with his children. Love the place. And they like the culture. They love the food. Yes. Yeah. You you have to like fish if you're going to eat Japanese food. It's a very clean <laughs> Yes. That's it. it is here. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I'm more about litter, and that's kind of yeah. Yeah. cultural barriers well one of the, one of the barriers is just um, the language barrier to be honest because uh, Japanese and English do not have a lot of similarity uh, and so it's actually um, pretty hard to learn Japanese so part of the work that I'll be doing right the bit teaching conversational English that'll obviously be in English that I'll be doing that work but my work at the church is going to be in Japanese and so one of the first things that I'm gonna have to do is learn to speak Japanese fluently but also to be able to read and write Japanese uh, and Japanese has uh, three alphabets, so <laughs> it, it takes a lot of work to be able to uh, read and write them. So you have like uh, an alphabet for, for Japanese words, like the syllables, and then you have one for foreign words that's the syllables, and then you have one, they call it kanji, and it's the, it's the characters. So you just have to memorize what that particular picture means. So that's one of them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another barrier is um, Christianity is just, for many people, a very um, foreign concept. So they just haven't had a lot of interaction 
with Christians, I mean, because there are so few there. And so they just don't really uh, know a lot about what is what is Christianity and, you know, Jesus and things like that. So I think here in the States, we can we can generally figure that if we start talking to somebody about Christianity, about Jesus, about church, that they'll have at least some idea of what we're talking about. They'll have some point of connection that they can make to it. And for some people in Japan, they, they don't really have that point of connection. You know, even if that point of connection is like, oh yeah, I think like my second cousin went to church once. You know, for some people, it's like they really don't have that point of connection. So there's a lot of work to just even explain. So what is this Christianity thing? Who is Jesus? With the college being sort of Christian based, mm-hmm. does that uh, kids then come there? Yeah, so they do know that it is a, a Christian school when, when they go. And actually something that was interesting uh, that I found out when I went there on the short-term mission trip and was spending time in the high school is that actually there are Japanese parents who really want their kids to go to Christian schools despite them not being Christian, because Christians are thought to have pretty good morals and to uh, teach that in schools very well. And so some people want their kids to go to Christian schools because uh, they want that that moral piece of Christianity. They they don't they don't necessarily want the Jesus part, but they they like the moral bit. Um, and so Mm-hmm. It's a very intense, yeah. Do you like green tea? I do like green tea, yes. No sugar. Well, no, I like to put sugar in my green tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without the sugar, it can sometimes be a little strong. When do you hope? Well, I hope to be headed there in March or April of next year, sometime in this early spring of next year is what it's looking like. I think you will find the weather quite pleasant. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kind of chilly most of the time since Mm -hmm. you're further north than it's going to be yes. cold up to four after everything. And, and you will see snow. Yeah. Oh, yes, there will be snow. <laughs> I, I was already uh, warned that winter is not a good time to uh, move to Japan because, well, it's quite cold and snowy, but also um, a lot of Japanese apartments, most of them don't come with heat and AC installed. Um, so that's, that's an add-on that you have to get yourself. Um, so I was told... Aim, aim for spring or fall, because that way you won't be too hot or too cold while you wait for the heat and AC to arrive. <laughs> Is there a particular mode of evangelism of um, sharing the gospel to someone that you've been exposed to, specific to Japan? Uh-huh. I would say that the way that I've seen 
work best um, with the Japanese context is very relationship based and very long term. I would say a lot of the more um, short term versions of uh, evangelism don't necessarily make a ton of progress with Japanese people. It really needs to come from a place of trust that has been built. One-on-one -on -one -one relationships. Yeah. Which spiritual care component will come ahead? Yeah, the spiritual care connects with that quite a bit. Anything else? Would it be out of place to ask No, you can ask that. Um, so I have a set sort of amount per month that's like my goal number. And so it is 8,000 a month approximately. Um, so that is because Japan, Japan is expensive. <laughs> so, um, so that covers um, the ministry expenses. It also helps to cover um, my salary and some of like the living expenses. So that's part of why the number is high is that cost of living in Japan and renting and things like that is very expensive. So it covers all of uh, those bits and pieces and then also um, partially covers some of the support that I receive from the home office. So some of the things that they help me with, um, like making all of the, the different um, like prayer cards and um, the people who work with the short-term mission teams that go over and uh, and then like my boss who's my supervisor who I can check in with and uh, who can help answer questions for me and things like that um, which you guys might know that's Leslie Turley she's, she's my boss right now <laughs> so, so she's the area director for um, Japan how do you pronounce the city you're going to Sendai Sendai, Sendai. Population is about a million people. Yeah. Let me see if I can go back to that okay. slide. That yeah, yeah. So Sendai up you're, there. Okay, so I see that now. You're yeah. Not up in the blue area. Blue no, so I'm not up in in Hokkaido. You're not up north of Sapporo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people are up north north of Sapporo because it gets pretty cold up there. Um, yeah, so um, I'm on the northern bit of the main island uh, called Honshu. And so I'm going to be in a region called uh, the Tohoku region. So it's, it's known for um, having lots of beautiful landscapes and trees and not as many people as some of the other areas of Japan. Thank you for coming and for sharing with us. Um, there is an offering plate set back there. If anybody would like to go ahead and uh, just individually offer something to help, uh, we'll also consider the church's support. Um, and I guess if it's okay, uh, Larry, would you ask a prayer over? Sure. Praise the Father, we're, we're so grateful being here this evening, we're, we're, we're grateful, Lord, for this calling of this young lady, uh, as you place on her heart, obviously placed on her mind, this need for uh, 
send and go forth as you ask all of us in some way or another. We're not all called to be missionaries in foreign lands, but we are all called to share the gospel with those that we encounter on a daily basis. Just thank you, Lord, for this time, this information. Uh, we thank you again for this precious life and that uh, you will use her for great things, that you will bless her endeavors, uh, that you will uh, uh, reward her efforts, uh, that in her time abroad, as, we sh as she shares this gospel, which she shares from her heart, I just pray, Lord, that you will always be with her, watch over her, she'll take care of her, and we know, Lord, you will provide for her. Mm -hmm. We just ask in your precious name, all these things, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us at High Lawn Baptist Church. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. At High Lawn, we believe that when you love God, you share His Word. When you love others, you spread the gospel. We would love for you to join us next time, and if possible, to join us in person, to contact or learn more about us, to donate to our ongoing ministry, or most importantly, to learn about the salvation offered to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Visit us at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Once again, thank you, and God bless you.